missions is actually, uh, it's not another piece of the pie in the church. Mm. If we just think of a missions program, right. that's just another piece of the pie that's competing for everything. Right. But in, instead, mission is at the heart of the church. It's like mm. the, the jam in the jelly donut, that right. every bite, you're going to get that flavor. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Lead Forward podcast. This is Dave Funk. Thank you for listening. In today's episode, I get to share with you a fantastic discussion I had with Sheldon Armitage. Uh, Sheldon has been a missionary and church planter in Europe for the last 15 years. And he was recently here in British Columbia for a few months, so I was able to catch up with him. While he was here, he was working with local leaders to create vision and practical tools to help local churches like yours and mine to develop a flourishing missions culture among their people. Now, if you're like me, uh, your heart is not just to run programs for Christians, but to extend the reach of your church outside the walls of the building and onto the streets of your city and in your province and around the world. So this might be one of the more practical interviews we've had on the podcast. Uh, Really, really practical tools that you can use to facilitate this kind of stuff. Now, one of the things we talk about is uh, the new flourishing missions assessment for churches that Sheldon helped to create. Uh, And it might be worthwhile, if you haven't already, to actually go to leadforward.ca slash podcast and find episode 10 so you can view or download the file on there and follow along while you listen, because this is a really practical tool with some great questions and thoughts and kind of a process in helping develop a missions culture in your church. So anyways, here is my interview with Sheldon Armitage. Please enjoy. Welcome, everyone. I have Sheldon Armitage on the line, and it's awesome to have you, Sheldon. Sheldon has been serving as a missionary and pastor in Europe for about 15 years, doing lots of amazing stuff, and has developed some really important uh, tools for churches to continue to be involved in missions. So that's some of the stuff we're going to talk about today. But Sheldon, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dave. It's great to be here. It's great to be on the podcast. Right on. We love having you. Uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about what you're doing in Europe, uh, how God called you there, and, and what's going on? Sure. I am originally a Vancouver boy, uh, born and raised here, and went to Broadway Church. And since 2002, my family and I, we have been over in Europe. Wow. Originally, we went with uh, Next Level International to the U.K., Okay. to do leadership development and church planting in uh, Europe. And then we moved to Slovakia, right in the center of Europe, to plant a church. Right. And uh, since then, we have also now taken on the role of assistant regional director for our Eurasia region, which has about 20-plus different uh, global worker families all over Europe. So we wow. serve in that capacity, and we're also pastoring a small international church in the capital of Slovakia called Bratislava International Fellowship. Mm. And of course, like most global workers, we do a whole bunch of other things that would probably take too long to uh, describe <laughs> and to explain. Well, I was going to say, is that all you do? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible, Sheldon. Wow. What yeah. what was the original call to missions? Like, did you, did you have that sense uh, your whole life? Or was there a moment where you thought you were doing one thing, but God pulled you another direction? Sure. I, I think I've always felt a call to ministry, and my mom at an early age said, oh, I think you're going to be a pastor one day, which, <laughs> as we all know, is kind of the, the blessing or the curse, yeah. right? And it, <laughs> it, it happened. I felt a call just uh, into ministry at the age of 15, and then 
went on went on some short term missions trips uh, lo- locally within Canada, right. and then did one international to an undercoast country in Central America, and I hated it. <laughs> and I swore off missions for the rest of my life. But then the next year, I was convinced to do a another short term missions trip to uh, Budapest, Hungary, wow. and absolutely fell in love with. Um, with Europe, with what I saw there, with the need, with the organization that our church had partnered with. And after that, I was hooked and I just couldn't wait to get back. Wow. That's awesome. And, and you know, you, you obviously also have a passion, not just for, for what you're doing over there, but you have a passion to uh, partner with churches, um, probably over there as well, but churches back home and continue relationship. I mean, you guys travel back and forth when you can. And I know you've been serving with our district missions committee to, to help develop some tools and resources and, and help churches be involved in missions. And maybe the question is like, why is it still important for churches in Canada to uh, support ministry work uh, in Europe and South South America? Like why, why should a church look beyond its own city and its own scope of influence? Sure. That's a, that's a great question. I mean, for me, it ultimately comes down to the fact that this is God's plan to redeem and restore humanity Mm -hmm. and for him to uh, continue on the work that he started in Genesis 1 and 2, which is to create a place where he would dwell and for humanity to flourish. And you know what? We're an extension of the work that Jesus um started in, uh, you know, in, in the Gospels and in the Book of Acts, we see him yeah. imparting this work to the church. And um, one of the great missional phrases that we read is, you know, um, I'll send you the Holy Spirit and you'll go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to right. the ends yeah. of the earth. Mm-hmm. And at that time, that was kind of an arrow pointing outward. But as we know now, uh, the places we would consider the ends of the earth, like outer Mongolia or China or wherever, also have Christians. And so they see North America as their ends of the earth. And so we're now engaged in what I call this kind of global exchange of of kingdom work. So churches need to continue to be involved in it. We're not the answer necessarily to, to the rest of the world. We're part of God's ongoing plan. And so it's just neat. Missions has taken on a whole different flavor today. And churches that don't get that or churches that miss out on that are actually missing a really rich, deep part of of God's plan, not only for them, but for his kingdom as a whole. Right, right. Do you see, as you, you know, engage with churches and visit churches, do you see a big difference between churches that are missions-minded and those that are a little bit more internally-minded? Um, I, th- I definitely think so. Um, you know, we visited a number of churches on this last home assignment, and the ones that... that get it, you know, mm. for lack of a better phrase, right. um, you know, there, there's a vibrancy there. There's an understanding that, you know, the church exists for more than itself. Right. And there's an excitement. I mean, just talking with the people in a missionally minded church, there's, there's an excitement about what the, the church can actually accomplish, not only in their city, but around the world. Yeah. And there's, um, there's new energy being directed, not just towards you know, light and sound and stage presence, but towards community presence and uh, engaging and releasing, uh, you know, young people and even old people into into deeper work. So definitely the, the, the churches we visited that have a strong missional presence and missional 
team and missional culture really right. I think are the ones that um, that have a have a deeper impact not only in their community but also they're growing they're starting to right. thrive and people are being discipled and transformed through that wow and I know in my own context uh, I pastor in Penticton BC and uh, I've been here for just two years and and came from a church in Victoria that was really missions-minded for a long time. And um, the amount of generosity and participation was just really high. And, and the church I'm at now, like, they were definitely missions-minded, but there was, there was something, something lacking. Like, we were, we were um, supplementing the missions budget with, with the general budget at the end of every year. Like, right. the, the giving wasn't matching the, the commitments. And, and I just felt like this was something that was, you know, more than new strategy and, you know, all kinds of different things you do when you come to a new church. Um, we just needed to once again, emphasize and celebrate and, and do missions. And, and within a year we had a big surplus and we've added three new yeah. partners and, and it just creates just this incredible, like you said, I don't know if you use the word vitality, but, um, mm. but, uh, yeah, it just adds to the dynamic. And we, we just talk about being able to you know, these, we use the language of strategic partnerships, right? These partnerships enable us to reach more people and do more than we could ever do ourselves. And that's just exciting to be able to hear those stories. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the, the metaphor I like to use with, with churches and, um, long time ago, I wrote a short and bad little missions book (laughs) um, was the idea that, um, missions is actually, uh, it's not another piece of the pie in a church. Mm. If we just think of a missions program, right. that's just another piece of the pie that's competing for everything. Right. But in, instead, mission is at the heart of the church. It's like mm. the, the jam in the jelly donut that right. every bite you're going to get that flavor. So right. as you do your kids, you know, kids work, there should be a missional element to it. Even in the worship right. um, on a Sunday, what's the missional element to mm. that? Um, so mission is actually the flavor. It should be the flavor of the church, not just right. another you know budget item. Right. That's a great image. So how, how would a church organize itself to be more engaged in, in mission? And um, you know, I guess you could talk about it on on two fronts. You know, we're kind of talking about international missions and kind of like classic missions, but there's also just being on mission in your community, you know, all those things. Right. But you know, how would a church organize itself? Like if you've, if you've got nothing going, how do you start to develop that flavor as you call it within a congregation? Sure. Um, and this is something that we've been developing at the, at the district level, as you mentioned, I'm part of the, the BCYD uh, missional, uh, team. And so we think about these things, not just, how do we support our global workers overseas, but how do we get churches more engaged and equipped to be missional? And we've actually developed a tool called the Flourishing Missions Assessment for Churches. And and all it is, is it's kind of five key areas that churches can look at mm. and um, indicators right. of what those areas look like, and then some questions to help churches um, develop this um, flourishing missions team and culture that we like to call it. So actually your question is a great one because it, it starts, everything starts with a clear, clear vision, right? You know, this understanding of why does a church actually need to be involved in local mission and global mission and how they understand the needs around them. So if a church doesn't get this right, you know, mm-hmm. it's like buttoning up a shirt. If you miss that first button and you get that wrong, the whole shirt, you know, doesn't right. line up. Yeah. And so, 
So we say, you know, start with having a vibrant missional theology. What do you actually believe about mission and the church? What does the church actually believe about its place and its mm. unique, you know, DNA? And so, um, so that takes some time to wrestle through, but you know, do you actually believe that mission is the heart of the church mm-hmm. or it's just another program that you need to run? Right, uh, right. Do you believe that, you know, God wants humanity to flourish and he wants to redeem the world and he's reconciling all things back to himself, including, you know, your community and including uh, war-torn countries in Africa? Right. Um, and, you know, if that's your theology, then, then from there you're going to start to feel and want to do missional things, but you got to get that right. Yeah. So we say start there. Yeah. Develop missional theology. Yeah. And you know, yeah, everything starts with, with what we believe, right? I mean, you know, you, you can't just tell people how to act unless, unless they get an understanding of, of where, where this starts in their, in their why, in their belief system, in their understanding of who God is and what he's called, what he's called us to do. And, and as we go through, you know, so, so you mentioned we've got this uh, flourishing missions assessment for churches. And, yeah. and I want to let the listener know that we're, we're going to make this available. I believe, like, I don't know if it's available now, Sheldon? Yeah. Okay, so it's, it's, on yeah, the, it is. it's on the BCYD website, but we'll also link it in uh, the notes um, on the podcast website, uh, leadforward.ca right. in the podcast. And so even if you're listening right now and you want to follow along in this conversation, you can go there, pause the podcast, go there, download this, and kind of walk through it with us as we, as we talk about these, uh, these areas of, uh, of missions development. So, so yeah, just, just continue. You, you talked about starting with yeah. that, that clear vision of what missions is. Yeah. And then, and then as, as that's being developed, um, the next thing that we say is start to develop a functional team. And this is the critical group of people who are going to help carry out that, that vision. And right. often what we've found, um, even in these last six months is we'll ask a church, you know, who are the key people we, we can talk to as global workers. Do you have a missions mm. team? Do you have uh, a board member? Do you have like who's responsible for all of this? Right. right. And in the best churches, they have a, a team and a committee. And these aren't just appointed people. These are people who are passionate about mission. Yeah. They get the vision. They understand the theology. Mm. They probably had some missional exposure. Mm. Um, and it's a diverse group too. Mm. You know, it, it's young. It's old. It's um, you know, it's all colors, it's all experiences. Um, that was my entry point into missions, actually, was my pastor at the time, who was actually Dave Wells, okay. invited me as, as an 18-year-old, you know, who knew nothing about global mission, to yeah. be on the mission team. And most of the time, I had no idea what we were talking about. <laughs> um, but that was a, a shaping moment for me, because I had a spark within me, right? and I could contribute some ideas, and I was learning and growing. But the, the committee was such a diverse group, all ethnicities, you know, uh, different genders, um, you know, different ages. So it's got to be a diverse team. Right. Uh, and so we say start there. Get that passionate group of people who have diverse experiences and, you know, give them roles and functions, you know, so it's not just pastors saying, oh, I have a friend in, you know, wherever Stan and we're going to support him. <laughs> and the, the committee needs to rubber stamp it, you know, it needs to be yeah, people right. who, are wi- who are willing to bring things to the table, discuss the issues, and uh, really gel and form as a team. Right. Um, so, you know, and then, and then we, yeah, well, go ahead. In, regarding that team, 
I mean, um, ideally, like I know, I know for us, we have, we have a team of lay people, um, we have a chairperson and there's kind of like a board liaison position so that there's, you know, there's a way to kind of report and create accountability for the team. And those are, you know, everyone's going to have their own, their own structure. Um, but what would the role of like the lead pastor be because the lead pastor it might not be best for the lead pastor to be on that team but there needs to be a level of championing um because you can have a passionate team and things get you know stopped by the lead pastor you can have a passionate lead pastor but there's no empowered team right there's kind of both those dynamics that can happen but uh, what would you say are some of the functions of, of of a lead pastor in regard to that that team yeah, that you know, and once again, that's a great, great question, and it comes back to that clear vision, missional theology. Yeah, if it's just somebody else carrying that, and the pastor is not engaged in that process, then you are going to get that bottleneck, and you right. are going to get that resistance. So, right from the beginning, the, mm-hmm. the the lead pastor needs to be not only involved in shaping that theology and getting it themselves, but they also become the the communicator, right, mm-hmm. uh, of that to the wider church. Um, and so if the, if the pastor's on the team, then that, that's great as long as, you know, he can facilitate that discussion and make sure that it, it happens in a healthy way. Right. If not, then, um, you know, we would say be engaged in, in the process and allow the team to, to bring stuff out that's going to complement um, either the vision of the church or the, the missional theology. And like you said, every church is going to have a different strategy or a different structure for that. Um, I guess the pastor needs to be willing to facilitate that mission and not, uh, not bottleneck it, not right. um, maybe not restrict it by, right. you know, there's nothing worse than a, than a committee coming up with a great plan. They feel good about what they've developed. Everyone's on board. And then, you know, somebody in a higher level saying, Oh, that's great. But we're actually going to be doing this missional project <laughs> right. that doesn't fit into you know, it doesn't fit into the, the, the vision, doesn't fit into the paradigm, doesn't fit into, mm. you know, the, um, the the structure. And so that can just kill, yeah. you know, any momentum. Yeah. So I think the pastor needs to be involved in part of the process, but um, hopefully willing to, to let the, the team bring stuff forward. Yeah. But I guess as a pastor, like if, if the team's bringing stuff forward that you don't like, um, mm-hmm. if you've established clarity and vision, then you can at least go back to that and use that as your guideline to say, you know, it's not about my preferences, but but does this actually align with our clear vision and what we've decided between pastor Um, and and committee that we're actually going for, right? Absolutely. And in the um, missions assessment that that we've made available, the, the four key questions in the vision section will really help to eliminate any sort of obstacles or right. um, misdirection of vision. So, you know, what's the missional theology of the church? Mm-hmm. What's the awareness level of missional needs? How does the church understand its unique missional DNA? So mm-hmm. we might be a church that absolutely is multi-ethnic, absolutely cares about the poor and suffering around the world. Well, if someone brings a missional project that doesn't fit within that paradigm, we're not going to say necessarily no to that, but we're going to realize that our priority is actually needs to be focused this way and our resources need to be focused this way because that's where we're going to have the most impact. Awesome. So this, so yeah, the first stage really helps set some of those parameters. Right. So clear vision, functional team, what's next? 
Well, then we, and this comes into what we were just talking about is the partnerships. What are the strategic partnerships that we want to have? And this is the big difference between the, um, our friends to the south and the AG and kind of the shared funding model that we have within the PAOC. In the, in the model to the south, um, you know, churches will support hundreds of missionaries at little amount. Okay. And so we have colleagues on the field who are American and, you know, it's it's a real task for them to raise money. They have to travel to hundreds of churches, and wow. they get their picture on a wall, but it's for $25 a month. So there's really no partnership there. Right. Whereas for us, we say fewer churches, larger amounts, deeper engagement. Mm. And so churches can't do everything. No. You know, churches can't support hundreds of missionaries. But what they need to do, and once again, it comes back to that clear vision, clear missional understanding, uh, functional team, is who are the global workers out there that best express who we are as a church, Mm. who we have relationship with, and they can be an extension of the local mission here globally or vice versa. They're doing something globally that we want to start doing here locally. And there's this mutual learning from one another. And there's also this idea that um, you... You know, you fit the DNA of this church, or you know, you are somebody that we want to connect with, um, and so that that's a that's a tough process because that requires saying no to some, yeah, but yes to others. Yeah, yeah, and, that, that's one of the hardest things. I mean, since mm-hmm. becoming a lead pastor, the amount of missionaries that call you. Um, yes. and you know, wonderful ministries, wonderful people. And I wish I could just every single one of them, you know, <laughs> like it's like trying to adopt children, you know, you just want to adopt all of them and get them into a nice home. But, but to say no is really tough, but you know, again, going back to your vision and your parameters and the, the mission that you want to be a part of and things that connect with your DNA, that's, that's the best way to be able to kind of walk through these decisions. Right. Absolutely. And, and I'm, I say to church, or you know, my belief about this is, if you're going to say no to us, make sure that it strengthens the yes that you've already said mm-hmm. to other people. Right. Don't just say no because you don't think you can do something. Right. Say no to us because you have a stronger yes in place. Mm. And um, that's good. You know that as a global worker, I respect. If you say, you know what, Europe, we understand your need. We, you know, we bless you guys, but really, our heart, our focus is in fighting human trafficking in Southeast Asia and, you know, doing villages of hope in Africa. And we, our church is passionate about that. We send people out, out there, you know, we, we raise lots of money for that. Well, then for me, I'm like, you know, God bless you guys. Right. Keep doing that because that's, that's worthy work. Right. Um, but, but if I get a no because, well, you know, this year our budget's tapped and we're sending it to all different places or there's no clear understanding of what the missional impact of the church is. Right. Then, and I would say to the church, well, maybe review that and, and look at that. Mm-hmm. Well, wow, that's really good, actually. That's really good. Pastors, are you listening? I know you all get these calls. <laughs> so that's fantastic. <laughs> and, uh, you, and, you know, that would be helpful, actually, for a lot of global workers, if that's on your website okay. or if that's part of the discussion you have with them. That, you know, before I start, you know, going through every BCYD website and looking, you know, what's the missional focus of the church. Mm. Sometimes I'll go on a website and I'll see, here's the missionaries we support, X, Y, Z. And some of that's relational and that's good. It needs to be. But even if there was a clear statement or understanding on the website, you know, our church is passionate about, you know, and listing all the things. 
And we really see our focus as being this. I, I know some churches, they try and have one global worker from each area or right. each region, which is great. Um, some, it's pretty ad hoc. Right. Um, so it's just, once again, it's just that strategic partnership, we call it. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's really good and gives me something to think about for our own our own communication for sure. Yeah, so we've got uh, partnerships. So clear vision, functional team, uh, these strategic partnerships, and what's next? Well, from there we say, um, we call it a dynamic budget. And really, how does... Um, how does how do the partnerships that you've agreed on and your missional understanding how is that reflected in how the church is giving and being generous towards mission? Okay. And so we say um, this has to be reflected in your vision, and it should be realistic, mm-hmm. but it should also be generous. So there's a bit of that tension. So right. what are we able to do, and what would we like to do? Right. And um, and what are we growing towards? Mm-hmm. And so there needs to be an appropriate uh, funding model for the church. So how do we actually do our missions giving? And there, there isn't just one, one way to do it. We were part of a church in England that was really interesting. At first, I didn't like it, but then I understood why they did it. At the beginning of the year, they presented every missional opportunity that they had said yes to. Uh-huh. They got different people in the church to present those projects, and they did a run-up until a certain date. And then they said, we're going to take missional pledges. And whatever the church pledged to each individual project, that was the missional budget for the year. So if lots of people got passionate about one thing and said, we're going to raise $10,000 for this, that was was the commitment they made to those missional partners. They said, this year, you can expect $10,000 from us for your project. But then it came back to the individuals in the church. And each month they would say, okay, it's time for your pledges to come in and they would track and they would show how the pledges are doing. So it wasn't just this general, this month, you know, give to mission. Everyone was responsible for one area of the missional strategy in the church that they felt most passionate about. Wow. Um, And and it was totally different for me at first, but then I understood that there's greater ownership. Right. And so some of those people that maybe got on board with um, orphans in Africa, um, they would then organize a team within themselves of people who were supporting that. Um, and there was greater levels of communication, and it actually, it actually caused people in the church to rise up with a greater level of missional understanding. So yeah. missional pledges is a real interesting way, and especially if you don't have a thriving missions uh, budget yet or even program, yeah. you know, try that. Get wow. three people, three different global workers, yeah. get the, you know, present the needs in the church, present what they are, and say to the church, okay, ple- you know, make a pledge this year to one of these three. And based off what the pledges are, that's going to be our missional budget. That's how we're going to start. Wow. That's a really interesting model. I mean, most churches I know, including my own, it's kind of like, okay, it's Mission Sunday. Just a reminder, please add to your regular givings, you know, something toward missions. And we have our monthly goals and you know, that kind of thing. But, but I like the idea of having it more direct and creating some, some ownership, um, around people's passion like that's that's really interesting yeah and that was just one model yeah um i thought i thought really could work well especially in a smaller church where you don't feel you can do anything right um that's the biggest lie i think is when churches look at their budget and say well we're just tapped out we can't do anything missionally and that's not to minimize the expenses uh that a church has i mean i know they're huge we pastor a small church so we we understand that but 
mission can always happen because mm-hmm. people, I believe people want to be generous. Mm-hmm. They just don't know. They're just not always given the avenue or know how to do it. Right, right. Yeah. Would you say there's kind of like a, like a percentage of the annual spending plan that, that would, is it kind of a goal for emissions, for emissions giving? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah, I do. Boy, that's a great question. That's a dangerous question. (laughs) True. (laughs) As a global worker, you would say every year it should be increasing, right? Right. Um, and we do include that in this assessment, you know, what's stretching you, how are you going to grow over the next, uh, couple of years. Uh, boy, it's hard to put percentage on that, to be honest. Right. I mean, you'd say, you know, 10%, um, you know, is that, is that too much? Um, you know, I read an interesting article that, um, says that on average Canadians and that, you know, this isn't Christian Canadians okay. only give about 2% of their income to charity. Mm-hmm. So when we give 10% as Christians, we're above and beyond that. But mm-hmm. then as churches, yeah. you know, where are we, where are we giving missionally? Yeah. Um, so I would say, you know, maybe some churches want to start with a financial target. So say we want to give 50,000 this year. Some may want to do a percentage target. Right. Um, that's the whole point of the stretching aspect is right. set a target, make it realistic, but, it, but stretching enough that it's going to cause some pain. It's going to cause some tension. Right. Um, so, you know, maybe that's ten percent for you this year of your of your total budget. Maybe that's you know fifteen percent. Um, the only thing with a percentage of budget for me is you know what happens if um, the church doesn't reach their own general operating budget. Yeah. Um, you know what what usually suffers is you know is it missions that will suffer from that? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm just trying to think through. You know what? What's a general guideline to to shoot for? You sure. know, like you know, because we're we're it can't be a dollar amount because every church is a different size and there's different giving and all these sorts of things, right? And so, if, yeah. if, if, you know, it's exciting to get to give anything to missions if before that you're giving sure. nothing. But um, you know, what are we seeing really healthy churches? How are they being stretched? And right. um, you know, I guess it would be just based on your own, you know, and you, you give the good yeah. guidelines here based on your own context. What What is generous for you? But I think yeah. the big idea is, you know, as you said, you know, we we're calling Christians to give tithes and offerings and be generous on top of that. And and if then the mm. church as a whole is not setting the example through, you know, um, if you're part of the PAOC, you know, we, we, there's, there's, uh, the tithe to the district and there's the, there's the missions yeah. giving and there's outreach and all sorts of things, you know, what percentage of our money are we spending on internal ministries so that we can have an enjoyable church community and what percentage are we Absolutely. just trying to give away and, and be a blessing with, sure. right. And we all need to sure. wrestle with, with those, those ideas. Yeah. And you know what? This is why we put funding as the fourth thing. Right. Because it, it, funding should come as a result of who we're partnered with, what we believe is our, is our vision and our calling to the mm-hmm. community and to the local world. If you start with budget, then you'll actually end up in all sorts of, of weird places. But if you mm-hmm. start building that, that missional understanding, yeah. you get a passionate group of people around it, you, un, you identify here's the three people three missional projects or five that we want to be engaged with this year, then you can say, okay, 
at what level does mm-hmm. that look like based right. on what we know about our church? Yeah. Um, so don't, don't actually, I would, I would say don't start with the funding, right? Start with those other three things. Right. Um, and then let funding flow out of that. Yeah. You know, I know it's a cliche, but people say, you know, money follows vision. Um, so maybe that's true in, in missions as well. Money right. will come as passionate people start to understand where they fit in this global context and who are those people that really reflect us that we have relationship with. Yeah. Um, and once that connection's made, you know what money comes. Absolutely. You know, cause I think, I think if you're, if you're casting vision, well, you're not saying anything mm-hmm. new, you're saying nope. things that God has already been speaking to people and you're just confirming it. And then it, it, it you know, it, it moves a person's heart. Right. And, I think it was Rick Warren who said generosity is more an issue of the heart than the wallet, right? So definitely, Absolutely. definitely begins there. If you move people's hearts, they're gonna they're gonna make sure that the money the money is available from whatever lattes they used to buy, and you know they'll yeah. move it toward missions if if their heart is stirred. Yeah, and you know what? And you know we know this is a universal principle, but you know, you, you reap what you sow. And we use that a lot in the missional world, you know, yeah. generosity creates greater abundance and blessing. But I tell you, I've never seen a missionally minded church that um, doesn't see increase in other areas. And I'm not totally. saying that's a, you know, a promise, but you know, just from my own anecdotal experience, those churches that get mission yeah. and are generous in both local and global mission, yeah. um, you know, you, you can't be repaid any any other way but through God blessing you yeah. when you you extend the kingdom to those right. that don't have it. So, yeah. Amen. Awesome. So we have clear vision, functional team, yeah. strategic partnerships, a dynamic budget, and the final element is? Engagement. Engagement. So this is where we say that mission should not just end with the pastor or end with the missions team, This mm-hmm. you know, this crazy weird group of people that dress up in <laughs> ethnic costumes and puts on a conference once a year right. or missions team. Um, this is a full church thing. This is the jelly donut stuff that right. we're talking about. Right. So how does a church get others in the church engaged in missions? So mm. obviously how do we communicate about what's going on around the world and link it to what's happening here locally? Um, what are the missional opportunities? So yeah. it's, we're not just creating opportunities to give and to listen, mm. but we're creating opportunities to, to go and to do. Awesome. And that could be, that could be locally. So once again, that comes back to what's your missional understanding of you as a church yeah. in the community, in the globe. And then even what are the global opportunities that we're giving people? Right. Um, you know, short term missions has kind of a mixed reputation amongst some people. Right. Um, you know, the secret is for the most part, if you send us a, a, a short-term missions team that's well prepared, um, you know what you're going to you're going to have people come back to your church who have been transformed, discipled in a new way, right, and yeah. hopefully are going to be even more passionate. Um, and then the other the other thing is how are we creating that missional culture in the church? And once again, that's about understanding we exist to be part of God's mission to reconcile the world back to Himself. We don't exist to be this place we come to on Sunday mm. to listen to the latest worship music and to celebrate the fact that we have a coffee bar in the lobby, right. unless that coffee bar is raising money for missions. <laughs> <I know. laughs> um, 
but we are a missionally minded group of people that mm-hmm. is showing you know radical hospitality to the community around us that's mm-hmm. volunteering when the city puts on an event in its people that mm-hmm. is you know taking in a refugee family that's you know mm-hmm. getting people involved in boys and girls clubs it, you know mm-hmm. is actually being salt and light to the community because that's how God is reconciling the world back to himself and that's missional culture that just right. flows out of a missional heart. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. I, and so, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say, Flourishing Missions um, Church has that at its heart, that everybody in the church needs to be engaged in mission to some degree, be it in their workplace or in their, you know, in their spare time or just in their Bible study groups. There's There's this growing awareness that mission is at the heart of everything we do. Yeah. That's fantastic. And I think, you know, I, I was about to ask, you know, how do you develop that culture? But really it's, it's clear in this process of vision, yeah. team partnerships, you know, money, and then it, you know, it should naturally develop and culture takes time to develop, right? Culture is Absolutely. our language. It's what we celebrate. It's, it's, you know, yeah. it's the traditions of the church, and so over time, that culture just shifts and changes kind of naturally without you realizing it. And all of a sudden, there's this new culture um, where yeah. people are on mission constantly. Um, and that's beautiful. Yeah. And, you know, this is why I love the partnership um, and shared support model of the POC, because you don't always have to do that as the pastor waving the flag. But right. when, you know, your missional partners are in town, yeah. um, have them, have them come in and do that. And if they, if there is that close connection where people get you and they understand you as a church, you know, I'm talking about global workers they get the church. Right. So it's not just the global worker coming in saying, fund my project. Yeah. Uh, you, you Canadians, you need to be more missionally minded. No, no, they're part of mm-hmm. your, of your church. They're, mm-hmm. They're engaged with you. They can come in and they can wave the flag for what you're doing locally yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, so. And I think that's the biggest thing that I'm looking for from uh, our partners is, yeah, we're going we're gonna to pray for you. We're going to send you money. We're going to encourage you. But we really need you to encourage our people and to tell stories of not only what God's doing through you, but what God can do through us here locally um, and, and really be a part of that whole process of invigorating, um, missions within our congregation, right? Like, yeah, that's what I'm asking for as a local church pastor. Absolutely. And you know what, something I would encourage local pastors to think about as well, when, when they have a missional partner come through or a global worker who's coming to the church for a weekend or a Sunday Mm -hmm. is to maybe ask the global worker, not only to share about, you know, what's going on in the field, that's important, reporting's important, and right. it's good to inspire, but say to the global worker, what are you really passionate about now? What are you mm. really good at that you could deposit to our church? Cool. Because, you know, global workers, we're not just global working all the time, you know. Right. Um, there's people who are growing in their leadership development capacity. There's people that are amazing Bible teachers. There's people that care about marriages. There's people that are able to take groups through creative processes of building vision and strategy. So global workers are actually quite skilled and quite um, knowledgeable in different things that local churches need. And so sometimes we put global workers into this box that when you come to our church, the only thing you can do is 
share the update, right. which, is, which is necessary. Right. But actually, I believe, and this is coming on my own experience but I, and in talking with other global workers, a lot of us want to be able to contribute and deposit and invest something of value mm. to the local church that we're doing overseas. And um, we had some great experiences on this trip where some churches let my wife and I do some marriage enrichment stuff because that's one of the big things we're doing over in Slovakia. And that was a real blessing for us because we got to try things out. We got to, right. um, you know, invest in the church. But it was also um, meaningful for people within the church who maybe the church doesn't offer that. Right. So, you know, pastors, ask your global yeah. workers when they come, are there things that you would maybe feel like you could contribute to our community that is outside of that normal paradigm of just global global missions. Right, right. Oh, that's fantastic. That's great advice. And yeah, sometimes you you're just asking, you know, your your global workers to just, you know, go through the motions when yeah, there's there's lots there that they're excited about and and may have an opportunity to invest something into your congregation and yeah. Don't don't miss that opportunity. That's fantastic. Yeah, and it creates stronger partnership, stronger relationship. Um, yeah, it just it strengthens both the local church and the and the global worker. Right. Is there anything else, Sheldon, you want to share about this flourishing missions assessment that we didn't get a chance to talk about? You know what the the biggest thing for me is just just start. Um, you know, yeah. start with that vision. Get a small group together and say, what do we as a church really believe about about mission? Um, start there and just see if that lines up with what we find in the scripture, what we find from, you know, from Genesis to Revelation. Um, you know, review review those things. Um, and if you if you need help with any of that, if you don't even know where to start, the one of our uh, the things we want to do as a missions team at the BCYD level is to come alongside of you and to help you work through some of this stuff mm-hmm. and to sit down, have a coffee and just say, okay, what, what do you want to accomplish? Um, right. the, the district is here for that. The missions team is here for that. We don't have, you know, unlimited resources, but right. or we want to see this become more and more the norm and not, um, you know, not the exception. Right. So I would just encourage churches just start to look at it. Look at the tool. We're going to be developing more resources to go along with this. Okay. Right now, it's just a single page with a, you know description of the key areas, indicators, and questions that you can work through. But the questions are designed for you to work through, not just by yourself, but um, with a with a small group of people, mm-hmm. and uh, be done sequentially. So just just look at it, start, and um, you can email Marg Foreman at the district um, if you need help, and she can point someone in your direction or connect someone to you. So right, right. just do it. I'll put just, that, just, I'll put that email address in uh, the right. show notes as well so that people know where to go. Excellent. But yeah, thank you so much, Sheldon. This has been hey, fantastic. I've learned a ton and I think you've encouraged a lot of uh, leaders who want to see missions flourish in their church. And this is going to give them Absolutely. a great tool to move forward in that. So thank you, Sheldon. Thank you, Dave. It's I know, been great. I know you're heading back to some packing as global oh, workers yes. often do. <laughs> So enjoy yes, we, that. We leave. Yeah, we leave uh, in two days from now after being here six months. So okay. we're trying to fit everything into ten suitcases. Wow. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. God bless you. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks. Well, that's it for my conversation with Sheldon Armitage. What an amazing guy. Uh, what a thoughtful person. 
and has clearly thought deeply about missions and what missions means both locally and globally. And so I really appreciated his thoughts and I appreciated his time using the middle of packing his family up to go back over to Europe to uh, continue to engage in their ministry over there. But if you haven't already, please do go to leadforward.ca slash podcast, find episode 10 and uh, look at the flourishing missions tool for churches there, download it, utilize it in your own missions teams and in your own thought process in uh, creating a missions culture in your church. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Lead Forward podcast. I appreciate it so much. Uh, tune in next time as we continue with the next episode of the Lead Forward podcast. Mm-hmm.